Hello, hello, and welcome to Business of Design, episode 197, To We or Not To We? That's the question. Should you refer to yourself as an I or a we when interacting with clients, whether that's face-to-face or the language you use on your website? In other words, should we be saying, I would love to work with you on this project or... We would love to work with you on this project. I specialize in turnkey installations for a discerning clientele, or we specialize in turnkey installations for a discerning clientele. Is one way better than the other? Let's talk it out. Before we do, though, let's hear from Cheryl Horn. Hey, CH, what's happening at Business of Design? Well, we have just launched our BOD Trade Partner Agreement, previously known as the Resource Guide to Excellence, uh, but it has been completely revamped, and there's an hour-long tutorial to go along with it. But for those who need it, the BOD Trade Partner Agreement is available in the BOD shop. And Kimberly, maybe you can tell everyone a little bit more about what that includes. Well, the Trade Partner Agreement got more than a name change, I will tell you that. It is much improved. Specifically, there are now four sections to it. Project guidelines, job site behavior, preferred pricing structure, and of course, it is now a contract. In addition, we've also provided you with a one-page version, which you can enlarge and post on your job sites, on renovation and construction and even decorating job sites. So everyone, trades and clients, are aware of the rules we've all agreed to. Rules which, by the way, are meant to create harmony and a cohesive team on the job site. I think what's really important to the project guidelines clearly demonstrate a chain of command. In other words, no matter Whose house the tradesperson is working in, there's only one client, me. They need to make me happy, and then I'll manage Mrs. Smith, who is my client. The tutorial that accompanies the actual documentation will show you how I manage trade markups. And I will say this as well, if you desire real profitability, the kind that creates independent wealth, This is how you do it. I will show you the math. I will show you how it happens. And I can virtually guarantee it's not possible to create this kind of independent wealth charging only by the hour. So yeah, I think this is a big deal. And I'm really excited you're going to have it and be able to start using it. And then we have a busy December coming up. Hopefully our members can join us for BOD Live on December 9th. We're going to be talking New Year's resolutions for your business with Business of Design member and New York designer Darcy Heather. That's coming up again December 9th at 1 p.m. EST. And then we have also updated another one of our programs. So the BOD Foundations program has been updated. It's also getting a bit of a name change. So watch for BOD Blueprint also coming out in December. And very exciting for us on December 17th, we are going to launch our first member-only podcast. So episode one of our members-only podcast. Again, watch for that coming out on December 17th. Member-only podcasts? What? First of all, I want to assure you, if you're listening, that Business of Design's main podcast will continue 
we want to provide as much learning as possible for the industry. However, we also want to say thank you to those members who support us by purchasing membership. So just in time for the holidays, our thank you to all of you who are Business of Design members, member-only podcasts, MoBOD we call them. They're short, they're helpful, and they involve some of the proprietary content Business of Design is so proud of. Lots to look forward to, and we will have more updates for what's to come in 2021 really soon. Do you mean 2020 is going to be over? Wow, really? Not sure how I feel about that. Looks like 2021 is kind of Groundhog's Day, at least at the beginning, but I think we can all be optimistic that we will come out of this horrible pandemic in 2021. Lots of good news on the horizon in that regard. In the meantime, stay well and thank you, Cheryl Horn. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. ago, the head of HGTV Canada came to a media launch for the second season of my TV show, Design for Living. I used to be super famous. (laughs) And when she spoke, she said something to this effect. Kimberly's gift, her real talent, is surrounding herself with people who are great at what they do. People who are super talented. Uh, thanks? That's my talent? That's it? It's all about the others? It's all about them? No me at all? I will really never forget that speech, and I so wish I had asked her why she chose those words. They weren't untrue. I have and continue to surround myself with talented people. I have design team staff who are better at so many aspects of this work than I am. If you've been to Business of Design Elite Retreat or Conference, you've met Kathy Seal. She's a way better designer than I am. Please don't tell my clients. And you all know Cheryl. She's the foundation of everything we build at Business of Design. Janine Laudenbach, before stepping into her role as Program Specialist for Business of Design, was responsible for multiple departments and thousands of employees for the city of Huntington Beach. So when it comes to people management, she's way more talented than I am. So yes, I surround myself with talented people. That's a really good strategy. But why did this particular HGTV executive emphasize that as my real talent? Did she think I was too full of myself? Is that why she chose those words? Wow. Like so many women I know, I have struggled with owning my own talent and success. 
I was literally taught not to draw attention to myself or to blow my own horn. I learned from an early age to deflect personal praise. In fact, one of my most recent business coaches, this is probably about five years ago, said I was doing the business of design community a real disservice by underplaying my success as an interior design professional. I used to be really modest about it. I was embarrassed at how profitable I was. And he suggested that was a huge mistake that you guys need to know that you can be uber profitable. You can make clients happy. You can take six weeks of vacation a year and your company will still run. That you guys need me to be honest about that. It was really hard because it's contrary to everything I was taught as a younger person. So this is hard to say out loud, but I do have some talent myself, right? Sure, of course I do. Should it really be so hard to say that out loud? Something like, I am talented, or I'm gifted at floor planning, or I have an amazing ability to read the client and know what she wants. Why, when someone compliments me on one of those things, do I feel the need to say, yeah, but I can't draw at all? Deflect, deflect, deflect. As we were coming up to this podcast, I did a study of this question, a small, non-scientific, completely flawed study. But this is what I learned, what I heard. My male friends say I more often than they say we when it comes time to assign credit for a task or a job. It's the exact opposite with my female friends. For example, we had this couple over recently to our new dining room, also known as the garage. Outside, doors open, 10 feet apart, sitting beside the lawnmower. Yep. When I said, wow, this salad is spectacular, my friend, let's call him Dave, said thank you. Then his wife rolled her eyes. Why? She had planned the menu, shopped for the produce, washed all the produce. She helped prep the items and then packaged up the final product to bring it to our garage. Her spouse had helped her with some of the preparation and he mixed the dressing. So when I said the salad was amazing, he said thank you. His thank you, in my opinion, meant he accepted 100% of the praise. That kind of thing happens in my marriage too. Hmm, my husband never listens to this podcast, so we're cool. I will say to my husband, we have to take your mom out. We haven't taken her out in a while. This is pre-COVID, of course. Now I say, we have to go visit your mom. We have to go sit in her backyard and we have to go visit her. And then when we go to visit her, when we go to take her out for dinner, she always says, oh, Bobby, thank you so much. This is so sweet of you. And he always replies, you're welcome. That's it. I want to punch him. Just once I want him to say, well, it's actually, you know, Kimberly's idea that we come and visit you. She actually made the reservation or whatever. It's so silly, but it's there, right? On the flip side, hiking with girlfriends has been such a gift this year. And we were out in a group of four women a couple of months ago. And one of the women had found and suggested this gorgeous trail for us to hike on. 
we were all thanking her for taking time to research the hike and making it easy for us. She sent each of us a map of where to park, etc. And when we said thank you, she immediately said, it was nothing. You should thank Jane for suggesting we hike. Deflection, right? Am I being touchy about this? Hmm, maybe. Let's hear from our sponsor and then... I'll tell you what the experts have to say on the subject. As an interior design professional, you've got great taste and your clients trust you to create stunning spaces, which include, of course, practical and gorgeous window coverings, like the shutters, shades, and blinds you'll find at Blind Chalet. To help you make it all come together easily while enjoying great savings, Blind Chalet has an interior designer program. That's right. Members receive priority pricing, access to a vast inventory, and an assigned design consultant to personally handle your account, help you find the right product for each client, and keep an eye on your orders from start to finish. The affiliate program means additional opportunities to maximize your bottom line. We all like that. Visit blindchalet.com backslash design to learn more today. And by the way, you can use the promo code design55 to receive 55% off your first order. Wow. That's blindchalet.com backslash design. And I want to say thank you, Blind Chalet, for supporting Business of Design's podcast and for supporting this amazing community. And now, back to the show. Author Deborah Tannen observed the behavior I described where men were more comfortable accepting praise for a task performed in her book, Talking from 9 to 5, Women and Men at Work. Women often said, we, in reference to their work while men often said, I, even if they hadn't done the work on their own. According to Deborah, I saw this as one of a range of ways of speaking in which women use language to avoid seeming too big for their britches or too self-promoting. Deborah Tannen is a professor of linguistics at Georgetown University in Washington. Deborah, you totally get me. Thank you. Now, what does any of this have to do with running your interior design business? I'm getting to that, I promise. Hang in there. An article in the Harvard Business Review by David Burkus from 2015 says this, The royal we has a long and interesting history. Many attribute its first usage to King Henry II, who in 1169 used it to imply he was speaking for both himself and for God. Over time, leaders began to use it to imply them and their constituents. But beyond using the plural pronoun to indicate that you speak on behalf of others or a deity, it turns out that using we could also mean you're more considerate of others and possibly even a better leader. Oh, so there's a bit of a plus side to this deflection. Berkus goes on to say that pronouns help to signify a speaker's focus of attention. When people feel insecure or self-aware or diminished, they're more likely to focus their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors inward. Studies suggest that people who focus inward often increase the rate of first-person singular pronouns such as I, my, or me. 
By contrast, the researchers theorized that individuals using first-person plurals such as we and us demonstrate a more outward focus, considering the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors of others. In addition, researchers suggest that an outward focus is an important requirement for those who hold or look to attain status. And individuals who demonstrate a strong focus on the group and its members or the team and its members or your staff, right, instead of on themselves, often attain higher status. In other words, you sound like the leader of a team and others will look to you as the leader. Switching from singular I to the plural we might help shift your perspective from self-focused to others-focused and make you more aware of the needs of others. And as you work to meet those needs, it might just make you a better leader. This resonates for me on so many levels. I remember being a young owner of my company and feeling completely uncomfortable to act like the boss with staff. That meant when it came time to pack up, For example, after a big event, I remember this one time we were doing a home show and we had created this wonderful booth and it was filled with product and it's eight o'clock at night, the home show is over and we're packing things up and I have to be on TV the next morning and I'm on my hands and knees and I'm packing boxes like everybody else. And one of the designers who works for me said, why don't you go home? You're going to be bagged tomorrow for TV. And I really felt like How could I do that? How could I leave you guys to pack things up when I'm not willing to do it? How can I do that? I'm the boss. The boss doesn't do the same tasks as every single person who works for the boss, right? That would be redundant. It was a very difficult switch for me to get comfortable being the boss. Hey, KS, this is super interesting, said possibly no one listening but tell me what this has to do with my business. Well, as the owner of the company, you have to decide if your client-facing language is I or we. It used to be I for me for many years. It was just me. So to say we felt ridiculous or disingenuous. I know I'm not the only person to feel that way because I meet BOD members and other designers who share that sentiment. When I've suggested it might make more sense to use the plural we, I've gotten pushback. That would be a lie, they'll say. For example, when I'm coaching interior design professionals, they will often ask me to look at their website. One of the first things I notice is how frequently they use the word I, which suggests perhaps that they work totally alone. Do you really work totally alone? No, it's not possible to do this job totally alone unless you're just a consultant. By switching to we language, you signal to potential clients the impression that you have a team, but they'll insist, I don't have a team, it's just me, to which I insist you do have a team. You have a sewing workroom, you have a painter, you have a bookkeeper or an accountant. You do have a team. In episode 186, Close the Sale, I interviewed Nikki Rausch, who is a sales coach. She's also an author, speaker, podcast host, and founder of Sales Maven. And I posed this question to her, and Nikki took things in a slightly different, though interesting, direction. Let's hear what Nikki had to say on the subject. Do you have a philosophy on I and we? In other words, if you work for yourself and you meet the customer, how do you feel about saying, 
I provide remodeling services, services versus we provide remodeling services. Services, not services. Services. Okay, so the I and the we, one of the things that I, I actually have like a, maybe a little bit of a different answer. I'm going to answer your question, but then I want to give you maybe something else if I can around this. So I think it's totally fine to say I, if you're a solopreneur, right? If it's just your business and if you feel more comfortable that you have some people that are team, but the biggest, most important thing is that you're being authentic, that you are standing in this place of integrity and really talking from your place of expertise. So if it really is you, go ahead and use I. And if it really is we, if there's other people that are involved in the team and whatever capacity that is, then use we. But what I will say is I and we are way overused in a conversation and especially in your communication via email, text message, anything that's written. Instead of using a lot of I and we, like I'll deliver this, I'll do this and I'll do that. That's actually not interesting to the reader um, because we read things from our own perspectives. Now, of course, we write things from our perspective. So it makes sense that we use a lot of I or we when we're talking about our companies. But to the reader, they only care about what they're going to get, how it impacts them. So instead, when you can start using you statements, instead of saying like, I'll deliver, say you'll receive. It's the same thing, but now it's about them. And it's so much more interesting to them what they're going to get versus what you're going to do. Interesting. That's kind of the exact opposite of having a difficult conversation with somebody. I'm thinking particularly of staff. I learned a long time ago that with staff, I don't say you did this and you did that. I say, I need this to happen in order to have the office be organized enough for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. In those types of conversations, yes, of course. Um, So that somebody doesn't feel like you're attacking them. But when you're talking to clients in a sales situation, they are much more interested in what they'll receive, how it impacts them than they are. Like, I don't, I actually do this. So this is one of the services that I provide to my clients. I will look at their emails and I'll often offer rewrites or tweaks to their emails. This is like a big part of what I do all day long. And when people send me a lot of emails, one of the things I'll do with a lot of I statements or a lot of we statements is I'll suggest count how many sentences you have in this email. And then I want you to count how many times you use the word I slash we if you're talking about your company. Now, if we're talking about we, you like me, the designer, and you, the client, we is fine. But when you're talking about we, the company, it's the same as I. So go count your sentences, then count your I slash we statements. You really want to do about the 80-20 rule. 80% of it should be you statements about the client 20% of it, I statements. And oftentimes people will come back and they'll go, so I have 10 sentences and I have 20 I statements. Yeah, too much. It's too much I. (laughs) And this is not uncommon. Like it sounds like a joke, but it really isn't uncommon. I do this all day long for people. I help them get I statements out of, because sometimes they're like, I don't know how to say it without an I statement. But there are usually ways to do it that will make it more pleasant to the reader, to the person who it's about. Um, Now, again, don't do this with your spouse. Don't do this with your employees. Like you said this and you did that and you, that's totally different conversation. 
I love that. Words do matter, right? And I think as a general rule, we all need to go back and reread our emails before we hit send. You know, we're all guilty of sending ones we shouldn't. But for the most part, I'm pretty circumspect before I hit send on an email. Well, and even when I write emails, I write them from my perspective. So especially when the stakes are high, when there's something that hasn't gone perfectly right, um, these are the emails that are like, those are so crucial that you do not hit send without looking at it and going, am I using I statements? Am I coming across like I'm trying to justify something that happened? Am I, how could I be more clear in my communication? How can I make it more interesting for the reader? How can I make sure that I'm doing everything I can to set the tone so that when they get it, they're like, oh, you know, gosh, Nikki is so kind and she's, she's really gone above and beyond here to make this right and helpful without me feeling like she's like, you're a jerk and you did this and you did that, right? It's more like, here's, here's what I'll do to make this work for you. So Nikki doesn't think using I is a negative. She thinks using the proper pronoun is about integrity. And I didn't dig into that with her, but I would say it is not disingenuous to say we, even if you're a solo entrepreneur, because there's no way you can do this work without other people. And I have more to say on that as well. But I want to first say that Nikki goes on to suggest We all need to stay aware of how often we use the word I in communication with clients. And I think that's really good advice. That it's better if we flip it and use you language for clients. In other words, instead of I'm going to bring you this tile, you are going to receive this tile. Make it more client-centric. Here's the bottom line for me. Once I started using we language... I felt more empowered in my role as the owner of a company. It also helped me realize that I did have a team that I rely on. And it was a reminder to use them more often, more effectively. Using we language dramatically improved that feeling I used to have that I was just little old me, stuck between the clients and the trades, always alone, always isolated. Today, yes, my team is super talented, and every person who works with me is more talented than me in some aspect, but that doesn't diminish my own talent or my own skill set. I use we because it takes a village to do this job, this impossible, difficult, complex, complicated work that you and I have chosen as a career. What were we thinking, hmm? Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you giving me your time. And we are very grateful for your support at Business of Design. Stay healthy, stay well. Let me know your thoughts on I versus we. Until next time. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today 